Hey guys, welcome back to the F1 Girls. I'm Amy. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are going to be talking about the first instalment of the Austrian Grand Prix. So we're actually having two of them this year, uh, which is exciting. And both of them are going to be at the Red Bull Ring. Yeah, uh, I always look forward to um, Austria because obviously this is a good track for Red Bull. And obviously it's kind of the because obviously Max Verstappen hasn't got a home crowd because they don't do one in the Netherlands. So that's kind of his like home track in quote unquote. Well, they are doing one in Netherlands this year. Are they? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go then. (laughs) Not up to scratch. (laughs) Since when was that a thing? I don't know. I was putting all the dates in my calendar um, for the rest of the year. And um, yeah, there was one in the Netherlands. Oh, well, forget (laughs) I said that then. Oh, there, there were a lot. There was a lot of Max Verstappen fans there, as usual in Austria, because I, I guess it's relatively close to Netherlands. But yeah, if we've got one a race coming up soon, then yeah, that completely doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my god! So just a bit about the Red Bull Ring before we actually go into the episode. So the first Grand Prix that ever took place at the Red Bull Ring was actually 1970. So quite a bit of time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely was not watching it back then, but. <laughs> It was like 20 odd years before I was born. So, you know, it has, it's a 71 lap race. And so we were just discussing this lap record that we've got. Um, So we found multiple different sources with multiple different lap records. But the one that we're going with is the one that was on the F1 website, which is signed in 2020. And he um, has the lap record. Yeah, this this track's really nice and short one. It's only just over a minute. Um, Sciences was one minute, five seconds and something. So, and it's quite a short pit lane as well. So lots, it's just, just quick. <laughs> it's a very, very quick track. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into the actual race weekend. We're going to start with qualifying as usual. So qualifying one, let's talk about Norris and Ricardo's times. Yeah, so Norris, um, for his time for Q1, he was actually a whole second faster than Ricardo. And again, <laughs> why is Ricardo just being so slow? I, I'm really running out of motivation here. I think we're just jinxing it. We're like, he's going to be fine next time. And it's just not. <laughs> Maybe we just shouldn't say anything about Ricardo until he actually like starts getting back up there. <laughs> I know, but I mean, congrats to Norris. He his consistency is just blowing me away, and obviously, this was only the start of like a good weekend for him. So it only got better for him from there. And um, someone else who also did well, Snowder, wasn't in a wall <laughs> for the first time in a while. <laughs> yeah, he did incredibly well, and he ended up um, finishing Q one in P four, which is insane for him, um, considering, like we say, he is in his rookie year, and um, not many rookies can get up there like in those top um, places in qualifying so he did really well yeah so those who were knocked out in Q1 were Latifi, Ocon, Raikkonen, Schumacher and Maspin. Are we surprised by any of those? Uh, Well Ocon fairly but most of them not really but for one minute um, if you remember Latifi was up at ninth and at one point and I was just like am I am I seeing this right is this going to be like the first time um, a teammate out qualifies Russell I was getting a bit bit worried for him then I was like hold up (laughs) yeah Latifi I I don't even know what happened with him but yeah he I I think it's fair to say that he is where he needs to be (laughs) he needs to be which is at the bottom 
<laughs> not to be harsh. Doing that. <laughs> He's wearing his team right at the bottom. All right, Amy. <laughs> I'm just being really savage today, apparently. Oh my god. <laughs> so let's move on to cutie. Any more people you want to hurt with your words? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, two people who didn't well. They, uh, Sainz and Vettel got um, lap times deleted uh, Q2, which there wasn't at that many um, lap time deletions. Apart from those two, it's not a particularly like taxing circuit like some of the street circuits. So although that's annoying, at least it's not one of those ones where like every single one's being questioned a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because of those two having their lap times deleted because of track limits, it's meant that they had to really push to be able to try and get through to Q3. And unfortunately, neither of those, neither of them two did that. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the biggest heartbreak of Q2 was Russell being so bloody close <laughs> to Q3. You could just can't catch a break. I mean, obviously getting P11 uh, provisionally was was absolutely amazing but like so close to q3 oh my god he has had such a heartbreaking weekend and obviously we're going to talk about the actual race in a bit but oh my god my heart like is in pain for him it breaks for him he (laughs) he deserves so much better it was so hard because i remember watching it and it was like i think it was alonso that just pushed him down he put in that alonso put in just an amazing time and i was just like I, I want to see Alonso do well, but also I was like, could you just have an off day just once and just <laughs> just let Russell do to keep doing? <laughs> just let our boy through. Oh, but obviously somebody who had a really good um, Q2 was Gasly. He ended up in P1 for Q2. I'm just, he he's, him and Norris are probably the two most consistent people of the midfield doing well. Because I was looking at... Um, Obviously, this goes into talking about Q3 later, but I, the worst he's qualified is 12th, but the rest have been really far up. And for an Avatari, that is absolutely amazing. So I just, I don't see how he can really be doing much better at the moment. No, definitely. He's doing really, really well this year. Um, like you say, him and Norris are two of the biggest, sort of, I think the biggest contenders for the next couple of years, I want to say. That's my prediction. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first guys Gasly and Norris keep an eye out <laughs> so let's move on just quickly to qualifying three so obviously Hamilton had a disappointing first lap um but qualifying that the timing was really bad yeah he, he just you know some some weeks Hamilton just from the offset you just know he's in the zone he's doing well but today just for today Saturday just wasn't one of those days for him unfortunately he, he wasn't putting in atrocious times but not competitive enough for pole in oh life, definitely not which is a shame but so speaking of pole we have Verstappen on pole for this race I mean I kind of saw it coming <laughs> yeah I think this is probably one of the tracks I would I would have just straight off predicted stuff and being pole without knowing any other information just because of where it is and how the Red Bulls are on that kind of circuit so yeah no no gripes there <laughs> and the only other sort of bigger thing that happened in qualifying three or just after qualifying three was um Sonoda getting a three-place grid penalty for ignoring blue flags how many times <laughs> 
such a simple thing and so many people seem to struggle with the concepts <laughs> like you see a blue flag you move out of the way i don't understand why it's so hard <laughs> i think it could have happened to a worse person because obviously bottas needed to get as many places up because as we all know in fp2 he span in the pit lane which landed him a three-place grid penalty which he's just so unlucky i mean obviously it was his fault for leaving i think he left it in second or something but he just he just does that's the last thing he needs right now he needs every single point and every single qualifying place that he can get and yeah <laughs> yeah so the top 10 for the start of the race it went verstappen bottas hamilton norris perez gasly leclerc Tsunoda, alonso and well, yeah, not t- not taking into account the penalties. Um, no, but yeah, it was it was it was cool to see um, Norris on the second row because I mean, like he usually qualifies well, but like not you know second row well. So I was very happy to see that. I mean, we are more than happy to see Norris anywhere up from like fifth. Let's be serious. So let's talk about the race. Obviously, like we say, Bottas did start with a grid penalty um, for spinning in pre-practice two in the pit lane, nearly taking out the McLaren team. <laughs> they must have just been standing there like, what? Okay. It's like, oh, you nearly took us out, but we're going to help you back in though, because we're nice people. <laughs> yeah, imagine they just left them there, just like, you saw your own <laughs> So obviously after the start of the race, um, the first sort of major thing that happened was Leclerc and Gasly um, with their contact. Yeah, I was at, well, (laughs) I was racing home because I'd just been out the day and I literally missed like the first like six laps. I was listening to it on the radio and trying to drive and visualize what's happening in a race at the same time does not does not work so I have a rough idea about what happened but you're probably actually gonna have to talk me through what like the bits of it yeah so basically it was literally just a case of they got way too close to each other um and I don't know who was at fault I couldn't really tell who was at fault but um yeah, Leclerc had front wind damage and Gasly ended up with a rear puncture, um, rear tyre puncture. Um, Gasly ended up having to retire from the race because he had um, problems with it afterwards anyway. So it... It's not a good start for him. Well, it's not a good start for them because obviously Leclerc then went right to the back of the field, didn't he? And had to start making his way back up. So yeah, not, not the race start that you want, especially for it's very important for them to try and get as many points because obviously Ferrari is trying to beat McLaren for constructors. So you need every single point you can get. Yeah, definitely. It just wasn't a great start for them. Although someone who did have a very good start was Ricardo. He jumped from P13 to P8 in one lap. That is amazing. And I think I think the more embedded you are into the midfield, I actually feel like the easier it is to make up places because when everyone bunches up, you can just sometimes you can just slip around the outside or like you know just someone slows down, and you can just kind of like overtake them. So I think if he did start in a very good place to do that, but yeah, that's we love to see it. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely love to see that. Um, the only unfortunate thing was a couple of laps later he. Um, had a loss of power like a momentary loss of power and that ended up taking him right back down to p13 uh, oh, yeah just <laughs> bad luck mixture with you know poor performance just <laughs> not great no it's very very frustrating to watch um and 
his teammate Lando Norris being up in third position for a fair bit. To be fair to him, he was up there for a fair bit. But by lap 10, he was being passed by Perez and Bottas and didn't really put up much, much defence. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised he, he lasted that long because obviously he, I, I think, was it the, the first couple of laps he was he was trying to hold his position. But I think at the end of the day, McLaren know that both Bottas and Perez were going to get him anyway. So you might as well get it over with and not lose any time rather than, you know, fight with them and then risk, you know, maybe like colliding with them or something. Because at the end of the day, I, I think McLaren are more than happy to take home P5 points. So I, I think he made the right call of not bothering to defend both of those two. Yeah, and like the commentator said, like at the actual point that that happened, that he, well, McLaren are sort of running their own race and um, are just, their main aim, we think, is just to beat Ferrari. And at the minute they are doing that, so good on them. Mm, it's going to be hard because I feel like um, obviously Norris is doing amazing well, Ricardo not so much, Leclerc and Sainz they're not doing as well as Norris but they're like they're both kind of consistently together they're kind of like similarly performance so I, I feel like this could go to the end in the sense of like it's still being no one's going to run away with it between those two to get like best of the rest kind of thing so I, I think that is definitely one to watch as the season carries on. Yeah, I mean, at the minute, I'm just looking at the standings for the Constructors' Championship and uh, McLaren are third with 120 points and Ferrari are fourth with 108 points. So there's not actually that many points between them. Yeah, it would only take a, a DNF or something like that to to completely flip it. So, yeah, I think that one will go right to like November, December time. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about the battle for seventh between Alonso and Russell and that DRS strain that it caused. Uh, it's just so unlucky when whenever you're at the front of a DRS train, you know, it's just not going to go well. But then again, if the person, because Alonso was at the front, he was, I think, in seventh. And then Russell was, well, you, to be fair, I was quite impressed with the Williams's pace, being able to like kind of keep up. And although he was like getting battered with dirty air, he wasn't like, losing a large amount of time um but yeah it it was it was looking worrying because obviously Snowden was getting closer to Russell and then I think all the way back to about 12th to Raikkonen they were all very close to each other so it was you could see like a DRS train would have would have happened if it I think the problem with them is that obviously when you're in such close proximity you're then you if you're all trying to overtake each other your tires are getting battering you're not you're not in clean air it's not good for the car and obviously as we see later on, it really wasn't good for Russell's car, but <laughs> Alonso was able to keep an older seventh um, for a good while. Yeah, I think, like you say, Russell did incredibly well to have the pace that he had and to challenge um, Alonso for that long. But yeah, like we say, it, it's just not good for his car to be in that situation. Mm, I suppose it's, it's probably just not... I, obviously, they, they build a car, obviously just like any any of the other teams but because I don't think Williams cars aren't in so high pressure situations I don't know if, if the, I don't know if the car was able to like handle it because obviously it was overheating and Russell had to um like pull back a little bit and but that was such a high pressure situation so yeah I think the car was just just not just not having any of it yeah let's just talk while we're on that subject let's just talk about Russell's retirement from the race 
obviously it's heartbreaking to see like I nearly cried I was like I feel so bad for him um but obviously it was mechanical problems um there was nothing really he could do about it but it, he was having such a good race until the pit stop I just feel like Williams are allergic to getting points like anytime they're like close they literally just mess up and you're like why you was you had it in you had it in your hand and you've just fucked it <laughs> yeah like the pit stop was what sort of did it for him I think um obviously they had to sort out I'm gonna try and say this but my pronunciation may not be correct the pneumatic system um yeah I don't know <laughs> so we'll go with that <laughs> yeah we're gonna go with that one um but yeah obviously it was an 18 second he was stationary for 18 seconds so was so was that so I'm guessing that was on purpose because like when he pulled in and I had that really long pick stop I just thought they were fucking up like um like you know those really long Mercedes ones but was it actually on purpose were they actually like checking like the yeah they had to they had to put air into the system on this on the side of the car for like I think it's for like the gearbox and stuff like that so mm. um that's what they had to do and then obviously a lap later he had to come back in um and then um he didn't end up retiring then he came back in again on the third time and ended up retiring but yeah it, mechanical problems just weren't weren't for him today I I, the, I think one of the main reasons why I want um Russell to get in the AC seat just so he can get in points even if it's just one point you know just please just score a point because Williams are just holding you back <laughs> So let's move on from Russell, because if we talk about it anymore, I will get very upset. I will get very, very upset. <laughs> so, yeah, just just before um, the pit, yeah, just before the pit window started to open, so people start coming in, we always hear that the front runner will always, always complain about their tyres. And if Hamilton isn't a front runner, he will also be complaining about his tyres. <laughs> I'm just bored of hearing that. I know it's something you've got to complain about, but like yeah it's one of those things it's like does it really need to be televised anymore like he's gonna complain about his tires just before the pits are like open so there's no i've there's no point in in televising that bit so talking about um the pits opening um perez was one of the first front runners to actually um get into the pits however he was stationary for 4.8 seconds red bull yeah what they're usually the best at um, pit stops. And yeah, unfortunately, because that one was so slow, it allowed Bottas to undercut him when he came in either like one or two laps later. So that really did have a big effect on Paris's race. Um, and especially, I, I kind of feel like the trend is put Perez on kind of like an obscure tyre pit strategy and just hope it works out. And it has definitely at some point, like we saw, I think Monaco that obviously paid off for him. Um, but again, sometimes it doesn't pay off, especially if you do a slow stop. So <laughs> quite unfortunate. Yeah, they really struggled today with that pit stop. So it's very unfortunate for Perez. But to be fair to him, he did do very well getting to P4, um, to finish at P4. So Yeah, 100%. But I think the winner of the entire race pit stop wise was Sainz. He didn't pit for ages, pitted and kind of came out the same place. And I was like, how did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, so Ricardo and Sainz went in literally at the same time. They were the last um, ones to pit and they came in from P5 and P7 
and Sainz came out at P7, but Ricardo came out at P15. So, <laughs> oh, it's just so unlucky. Oh my god. Why? We're just we're just not even going to talk about it anymore because I feel like we are just jinxing him. It's just turning into a little like whining session from us. Like Russell and Ricardo aren't doing well, so we're just going to moan for about twenty minutes about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all these podcasts are. So, <laughs> yeah, twelve episodes in, yeah, we're still complaining about the same thing. <laughs> they need to just book up their ideas. That's all we're going to say on the Ricardo situation. Sounds very well done. <laughs> So Verstappen by, I can't remember what lap it was, um, but it was later on in the race. He was complaining about uh, break-by-wire issues. Not 100% sure what that means, but apparently, according to the mechanics, it was caused by him breaking on the curbs in turn 10. Mm, it's, it's always really worrying when, like, because obviously... Like, like, like I said before, I'm not anti-Hamilton, I'm just anti-dominance. So I'm going to be supporting Max for the win. And whenever whenever you hear something, when Max at the front and you, you hear he's getting an issue, and I'm like, no, please, no, just come on, just bring it home. Just please, just don't give Hamilton the 25 points. <laughs> so, but luckily that didn't actually amount to anything. So we, we're all good. It's, it's, it's still pretty tight. Yeah, definitely. So we're getting towards the end of the race and lap 42. Let's talk about Leclerc and Raikkonen. Yeah, I mean, this Leclerc's just, he's throughout this whole race, he's just been on his own little trip, just through everyone. He's just doing his own thing, you know, just in his own little world. And I think because he's in his own little world, he's clipping people's front wings. <laughs> um, Raikkonen, Raikkonen was not happy about that. But at the end of the day, it was only like a little bit. But he, Raikkonen was just one stop on a many a long journey back to was it p7 you finished in the end uh yes yeah p7 which is amazing for um you know obviously being at the bottom basically at the beginning so yeah more than to him i mean he did get driver of the day for it so i think that's it yeah i totally agree with that <laughs> but yeah as as leclerc was doing his his weaving um hamilton came in i think I think he was just cutting cutting his off to this point. He knew. I think he was just slowly. Lo- Hamilton was just slowly losing time. That he wasn't. He wasn't gaining at all. It, so it was so obvious that he wasn't going to catch Verstappen nearly in time. So obviously the best thing to do is go pit fast slap, and obviously he got that in the end. Um, and I think yeah, if, if Hamilton decides to go to fast slap, he always does get fast slap. He he all, can always bring that home if he wants to. You know. Yeah, definitely. So. Let's talk about driver of the day, seeing as we were talking about it before. <laughs> Obviously, Leclerc got it, but the other contenders with Stappen and Russell, out of the three of them, I would have given it to Russell. Really? Yeah. And not because he's one of my favourites, but because he did incredibly well to stay in up in sort of P8 round that area um, for most of the race. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you, but I th- I think if he obviously if he hadn't retired and was able to maintain position, but I think if if he didn't have those issues, I feel like it could literally it could have gone either he held a position or he just slipped down to like, you know, like 13th, 14th. I feel like that was the thing that was going to happen and then I think until he until he proves to us that that wasn't going to happen, which obviously can't. I think it's just very marginal. And I, I know I I don't usually agree with driver of the day, but I, I think marginally, I think because he looked like proved throughout the whole race from bottom to basically some good points, I think. 
I think he did earn that one. Stephen's oh yeah, I'm not saying he didn't earn it, but out of the three, I I probably if Russell had finished the race, I probably would have given it to him. That is a fair point. No, I respect that. <laughs> I respect Thank you that. for respecting my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fight you about it. <laughs> I'll see you in September. You fight out. <laughs> a long time to train. <laughs> get yourself to the gym (laughs) so that brings us to the end of today's episode we will be back next week with a brand new episode on another austrian grand prix and until then we will see you soon see you then bye